On this Communion Sunday, our reading of Scripture is contained in the Epistle to the Hebrews, and we read chapter 1. This can be found on page 1394 of the Pew Bibles. Hebrews chapter 1 at verse 1. Let us hear the word of God. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit in the place of honour at my right hand until I humble your enemies making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Amen. May God bless to us this reading of his most holy word. Now, just as the praise group are taking their seats, um, you should have received one of these when you came in because we have moved from our month of prayer in August to our month of invitation uh, in September. 
Uh, and you'll notice on the back that there is a wee list of different things uh, that are happening this month uh, that maybe you would think about inviting uh, someone to. And that might be a Sunday service. Uh, there is an evening service uh, tonight at 7, uh, for example. Uh, it could be Messy Church. We had Messy Church yesterday. There's also uh, another one in October. Uh, the Hub Church Cafe. Uh, there's lots of things that uh, could, uh, you could invite people uh, to this month. Uh, and maybe you'd want to think through those you've been praying through uh, and praying for uh, over this last month, uh, and maybe to take that step of faith uh, to invite them to something uh, during this month of September. Now, the other thing you might notice is that on the second column there, uh, there is an invitation to membership. We are currently doing uh, an Alpha course on a Sunday evening, uh, which has been wonderful. Uh, it's been wonderful to see so many coming along uh, to that. And towards the end of the Alpha course, there is uh, a week's video which is on uh, the church and the place of the church. And we're going to use that as a springboard uh, into some membership classes. So if there's anyone here uh, this morning who uh, is thinking about becoming a member, professing faith, uh, or by transfer, uh, who'd like to join the church family uh, here in West Kilbride, uh, then please do speak to me after the service. Now, if you do have your Bible there with us, uh, with you this morning, or you want to use one of the church Bibles, if you turn back to the book of Hebrews, uh, it's on page 1394, uh, as Donald said this morning. Who is the greatest? That's what we're going to be thinking about uh, over these next few weeks. Now, that, that is a question that's often debated, isn't it? Who is the greatest? Who is the best? You used to get that in the, the school playground, didn't you? Who's the fastest? Who's the best at this? Who is the greatest? And particularly in the world of sport, that is a question that is debated, isn't it? Who is the greatest tennis player of all time? Is it Roger Federer? Is it Rafa Nadal? Is it Novak Djokovic? And in football, is it Lionel Messi? Is it Cristiano Ronaldo? Or is it someone else? Someone who plays for Kilmarnock, for example. <laughs> now, of course, it was Muhammad Ali that proclaimed that he was the greatest. I am the greatest, is what Muhammad Ali said. Now, of course, in our lives, we can subtly or unsubtly try to show that we are greater than our family members or friends. Our exam results, our pay packet, our sporting prowess, our work achievements, our material possessions, our wordle score each day. We can sometimes try to show that we are better. Ah, there's some wordle fans in here this morning. We can sometimes show that we are better than our family members and friends. And even if you think about it, the disciples themselves were not averse to having arguments about which one of them was the greatest. Now, over the next few weeks, God willing, we're going to be thinking about who truly is the greatest, that Jesus is the greatest of all, that he is greater than anyone or anything. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to consider a few different passages from the book of Hebrews. Now, this morning we are at the beginning of the book. We're in Hebrews chapter 1. Now, I want to say at the outset that Hebrews is quite a unique book. It has aspects of it which are like a letter, such as towards the end of the book, and that's why it's been placed among the other letters in the New Testament. But it also reads a wee bit like a sermon or a theological essay, and so it's not too easy to to categorize. It's also not very easy to work out who wrote it. From the 5th century onwards, it was thought that Paul wrote it. But the style and the themes are are kind of unlike Paul. Martin Luther thought that Apollos had written it. Others have thought that Barnabas was the writer of the book of Hebrews. The fact is, we, we don't really know. We don't know who's written this book. However, we do know that it was written probably in the 60s BC, before the temple was destroyed in AD 70. And we also know that if we wanted a handle on what the book of Hebrews is all about, that that word would probably be better or greater as we have it in the New Living Translation. Because at a number of points in this book, it's made clear that Jesus is greater. That Jesus is greater. Now, this morning we're looking at chapter 1 of the book of Hebrews and thinking about how Jesus is greater than the angels. Now, before we look at the substance of Hebrews chapter 1, you might be wondering, well, why are we doing this particular series? And that's a fair question. Well, we, of course, live in a world where many people doubt that God can be known and where there are many conflicting philosophies and and religious viewpoints. And even among professing Christians, there's sometimes a claim of of further revelation that conflict with the Bible or contradict it. But Hebrews leaves us in no doubt that God spoke decisively through the prophets, and then He finally fully revealed Himself through His Son the Lord Jesus. That's what Hebrews teaches us. And what we're seeking to do in looking at the book of Hebrews is to see, well, why is Jesus the greatest? And it isn't just an intellectual pursuit, because the reality is that if Jesus is the greatest, then that means I have to do something about it in my life. I can't just be indifferent in my life. You see, so often in our lives, it's true, isn't it? We actually make ourselves the center of our universe. We may not claim that that's true, but that's how we live out our lives. But if Hebrews is true, and Jesus truly is the greatest, then we need to do something about that. You see, what did John the Baptist say about Jesus. Remember John, who was baptizing in the River Jordan? Crowds of people coming out. Oh, this is great. Look at all these people. But did John really want it to be all about him? Of course he didn't. 
he began to point to Jesus. There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And what did John the Baptist say about Jesus? He must become greater and I must become less. That's a great verse, isn't it? And that's the reality. If we believe that Jesus is the greatest, then we must make Jesus the greatest and we must become less. And maybe that's the message that we need to know in our lives, that Jesus is greater and we need to give him the glory that he is due. You see, there's a lot of focus in the church at the moment, and correctly, on being missional. And there's nothing wrong with that. We, we have a mission, don't we? We need to, to get out. We need to get out of the walls and we need to speak to people and we need to draw them into, into God's kingdom. But it's also important to remember that whilst we are called to be missional, that we're also a confessional church. In other words, we need to know what we believe. And what we see here in Hebrews chapter 1 is a statement about Jesus. It tells us who He is. This is no point in going out into the world and saying, you know, it's brilliant to follow Jesus if we don't really know who Jesus is or why we should follow Jesus. But here in Hebrews 1, we see a statement about Jesus. Because in verses 1 to 4, if you've got that passage before you, we see that in the past, God spoke through the prophets. But now, He has spoken through His Son. And it's through the Son that everything was created. We see that in verse 2. The Son radiates God's own glory and character and sustains all things. He's the one who's incarnate, the one who came to earth as a little child, who knew what it was to be human and is fully human and yet fully God. He's the one who cleanses us from sin, we see in verse 3, and who sits at the place of honor at the Father's right hand. And then comes verse 4, which is probably the key verse in all of this. Because in verse 4, we see that the, the way that through Jesus the universe was created, how he shows the character of God, how he was incarnate, and now in the place of honor at the Father's right hand, how all these things together, they show something. And in verse 4, it says, this shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Now, that is the key verse, that Jesus is greater, that He is the Son of God, and He's different and far greater than the angels. Now, in many ways, what we see beyond this in verses 5 through to 18 is an outworking of that, an explanation, if you like, with a number of different verses from the Old Testament all weaved together. So you've got Psalm 2, you've got 2 Samuel 7, Deuteronomy 32, Psalms 104, 45, 102, and 110, all woven together just in those verses. But in the midst of that, there is a pattern. You see, it starts in verse 5 with the sonship of Jesus. 
reiterating what it says in verses 1 to 4, that Jesus is God's Son. Then in verse 6, it speaks of the incarnation and how when Jesus came into the world, the angels worshipped him. And then you've got verse 7 is regarding the angels. Verse 8 and 9 is about the Son. Verse 10 to 12 is about the Son. And then verse 13 is about the angels. And so you see the pattern. Angels, Son, Son, angels. And where the writer to the Hebrews here is showing clearly from Scripture, from the Old Testament, in various different places, that what he has said in verse 4, the key verse, about the Son being greater than the angels is true. And it's always been that way. And the conclusion in verse 14, or verse 18, is that as we understand Scripture, we see that angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. And so we see in these verses that Jesus, as the Son of God, is of a completely different nature to angels, that he is far greater. Now, what does this mean for us today? Well, if you're a Christian here today, you're probably thinking, well, that's basic stuff, is it not? You're probably thinking, of course I know that Jesus is greater than the angels. There's nothing new here. I've known that for years. But it's so important for us to understand the greatness of Jesus, never to bring him down to our level, which often we do in our lives, rather than seeing who he truly is. He was there at the beginning. Everything was created through him. He is the very Son of God, and He is worthy of our worship. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. But other thing that we ought to remember here is that there might be others here today who are not believers in Christ, or it can be others out in our community, and they might actually have different views about angels. If you go into Waterstones, for example, or any other bookshop, and look on their spirituality bookshelves, what will you see there? You'll see books about angels. If you go onto Amazon, there are over 60,000 titles about angels. And that includes titles such as Connecting with Angels Made Easy, The Little Book of Angels, Call on your angels for healing and blessings. And these are not just niche books. These are popular books. 3,000, 4,000 reviews downloaded millions of times. There are some very new age and strange views about angels. And we can't be naive to think that some of these are not prevalent in our community. But here before us, in Hebrews chapter 1, is the truth. The angels are only servants. That Jesus is far greater than the angels. Now, why is that? 
because it's through Jesus that everything was created. It's through Jesus we see the character of God because He is God. It's through Jesus that everything is sustained, and it's through Jesus that we have cleansing from sin. And it's Jesus who sits at the Father's right hand. It's not the angels. And incidentally, it's not us either. Because Jesus is of a completely different order. He's more than a prophet, more than a king, more than a good teacher, more than a moral philosopher. It's him who is worthy of our worship. And the question for us this morning is, do we give that to him? Let's not give that worship to anything or anyone else. Not even the angels. You see, even in the early church, they sometimes got things wrong. Do you remember the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 19? Do you remember that part? Remember, Revelation is all about the revelation that John receives about the end times. And John, as he hears what an angel is saying about what's happening at the the very end of time with the wedding feast of the Lamb, well, he's very tempted. Well, he says that he falls at the angel's feet to worship the angel. But what does the angel say to John? Don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. And who is God? He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's worship Him and Him alone because Jesus is greater. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word, even though written such a long time ago, it still can speak to us today. And we recognize that in the book of Hebrews, that it was being made clear that Jesus is of a different order completely to the angels. Because Jesus was there right at the beginning. Because he is everlasting God that it was through him that all things were created and all things are still sustained by his mighty hand. That Jesus was the one who came into the darkness of this world, fully man and yet fully God. That it was Jesus who paid the price for our sins. That it's Jesus who sits at the Father's right hand. Father, today, if we have been blinded to who Jesus is, we ask that you would help us, that you would remove the scales from our eyes and that we might glorify the Lord Jesus. Lord God, we recognize that in our world today that there is much confusion, different philosophies, different religions, different spirituality, a lot of interest in angels, guardian angels and all different ideas about angels. But Lord God, we see the truth here in Hebrews chapter 1, that the angels are messengers, servants of God. 
though they are part of creation. But Jesus, Jesus alone is worthy. He's the one who is greater. Father, help us to glorify the Lord Jesus today. May he become greater. May we become less. But we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.